bring it in nice and uh, nice and smooth. Mock stars, <clears throat> the quiet storm. All right, let me bring it out real smooth. Like I'll just do Welcome to the Mock Stars Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Evan Kunai, and I'm here with my two great friends and co-hosts, Jordan Garcia. Yo, what up? And Christopher Ritter. Howdy. And today, we're going to cover a couple things. We've got a lot on our plate because at the, the time of recording is the same day that half of the set for the Lord of the upcoming Lord of the Rings set was was dropped on us. So literally just dropped on our heads a few hours ago and it's a lot of fresh content. We haven't fully digested it, but we're going to speak on a few things that are exciting right now. It's like if Wizards you, of the Coast knew we pushed back our recording day one day and that yeah. we had not come up with an episode yet. And yeah. they, they gave us some fresh tent. Yeah. yeah. If you guys want to see how we unfurl our thoughts on this set and as it continues, you can find all of our social media stuff down below. Jordan's been killing it on Instagram. He's been very active on Discord. We've been, which, yeah, which, by the way, the Discord has been popping. Discord's popping off. And if you're not in it, honestly, if I can be frank, you're fucking up. Yeah. Stop it. A little rough. A little a harsh. Uh, a little hard. Let me put it yeah. another way. If Please. you're not on the Discord, get fucked. Get absolutely wrecked. And it's yep. too late. Hey, yep. It's hey, too late hey. now. Hey, comfortable environment. You're more than welcome to join the Discord. You it's can find late. the link below. Yeah, everyone's welcome. In the Discord. Yeah. We're close. really chill about it, actually. <laughs> this is not the vibe once you're actually in. Oh, my God. Okay, so <laughs> you can find all of our socials down in the uh, description below. Trying to, find it. trying to find it. The link tree is a very convenient uh service that is offered where you can find everything that we do and uh yeah please support the show every subscription goes a long way uh to helping us move forward take that one step forward with the show and uh, yeah yeah that's uh yeah actually come say what's up in the discord because uh we have fully built a commander deck out of one of the spoilers that came out today already. Oh, wow. Which, yeah, which Jordan will touch on when we get there. Are we allowed to say the name of the commander? No. As a spoiler? No. no. Yeah, no, it no, is. No starts with an A. A? Uh, Arwen. Nope. No. Aragorn. Aragorn. The, the four-color Aragorn? I'm building four-color, baby. I've Ooh, never gone higher than right, three, right, and right, it's time. It save it. Time. Save it. Can it. Can it. We're is also going to be talking. Is he a better king than Kenrith? That's what exactly that is exactly, yeah, that's kind of the, that is exactly what we're talking about. That's a tagline right there. Yeah, that's a tagline. Go yeah. ahead, Evan, take it away. We're also going to be actually. Talking. I'm just kidding. No, but Evan, continue, please. We're also Jordan. Going to be, <laughs> <laughs> Yo, what's up, dude? <laughs> <laughs> we're also going to be talking about our tournament recap from our weekend in Issaquah at Laughing Dragon MTG. Laughing Dragon MTG in mm-hmm. Issaquah for all your Magic the Gathering needs. Yeah, seriously. Great. Honestly, Mega was- fucking chillers, dude. Great selection of stuff. The first thing I was surprised by when we got there was the walls of just like lined, sealed product from, from sets like a decade ago, bro. Ooh, that's such yeah. a good vibe. Like, honestly, every time I go to Mock's Boarding House, it's just I never buy the old packs, mm. but right. it's just nice to the look at case. them and see them. Bro, it's, there's not even a case. Yeah. They're just like booster. Uh, what are the fat packs from every set? Ooh, ever. okay, yeah. ever ever. They've yeah. got a uh, pre-release pack from uh, Shadows Over Innistrad. 
And I was just like, whoa, that'd yeah. be sick to buy and crack they had that. All three Commander anthologies sealed in box. Mm-hmm. They had every yeah. single, as far as I could tell, every single Commander Precon ever printed. Okay. It was uh it was very cool. It's a very cool shop run by some very chill dudes. Shout out Marcus. What up? Um Big Chiller Marcus. Yeah, it was actually uh I found out they've only been open for a year. Okay. And this is their first CDH tournament they ran. But not the last. Certainly Definitely not, not the, last. the last. Not even close. Um, so let's get into it. Let's talk about the spoilers that happened today for Lord sure. of the Rings. Yeah, uh, there's a bunch of hot items in this set. Definitely, Wizards is pushing the power level of it a 100%. little bit. It's, I mean, this set is going to be that. legal and modern, and we're yep. definitely seeing some cards that are going to see some playability. Yes, I'm uh, glad they didn't play it too safe. It is clear that they wanted some gas in this set. Yeah, and I'm I, fucking hyped about. That. I mean, like Reprieve was spoiled a, a while ago. That's great. You know, White. You know, returning a spell to uh, a player's hand and drawing mm-hmm. a card. Excellent card. Um, one card I'm super hyped about is Orcish Bowmasters, which just Yo. makes uh, wheels garbage. It's, yes, it, it makes everything garbage. Yeah, I, <laughs> yeah. I mean, Orcish Bowmasters, one black, one colorless. Uh, it's a 1-1 one, one Orc Archer with Flash. When it enters the battlefield and whenever an opponent draws a card, except for the first one, they draw on each of their draw steps. Orcish Bowmaster deals one damage to any target. Then amass Orcs one. Yeah, yeah, this is insane. Yeah, I, I mean, so essentially, you know, in terms of uh, making wheels booty, it just means that your opponents take seven damage. Yeah, it's like the dome. Y- yeah, it's like they're um, really pushing this like archivist of Ogma like space, like where that exists right now. The one in a white like flash whenever they search draw a card. You know, like they're taking mechanics that like almost naturally happen. Like mm-hmm. you as a player do have to instigate yourself like to like draw that second card but now they're putting in like more punishing effects for that and the fact that this doesn't just deal one damage to their face it's any target any target yeah for sure absolutely wild yeah, yeah you could clear a board so with sick. it like i mean even if you're the maybe you know definitely slot this into grixis and just play all the wheels you can, including yeah. in black, dark deal, or whatever that one's called. I could definitely see like and, an old Nekasar deck. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. This is 100%. like, and it doesn't even end there. Then you're a mass one. Yeah. yeah. And you got a creature around in black to sacrifice to whatever garbage you want. And <laughs> let's yeah. say, you, let's say you wheel, use a wheel of fortune, cast a wheel of fortune, right? And doing it. I'm, it. I'm, yep. I'm, I'm adding one red mana and two colors to my mana pool right now. You've put it on the stack. Okay. Right. In response. Okay. I'll flash in the orcish bow. bow oh no. Cause clearly you're desperate for cards. Because yeah. It means you don't have an answer. Probably it enters the battlefield. Everybody draws a fresh seven cards. Oh, wow. What a treat for me. Because guess what? I'm pinging 21 damage around the table, and I'm creating a 21-21 in the process. Yeah. That is just like, oh, my God, for two mana? What? Like, an investment. What an investment you've yeah. just made. This is a pretty awesome stacks piece, I think. Um, actually, this comes on. It was perfect timing because right before I saw Aragorn was spoiled, I mm-hmm. was actually building a new CDH deck that's not Aragorn. Uh, it's the new Obnixilis, Rakdos. Okay, yeah, that seems fun. Seems fucking great. And then I saw this card, and I'm like, it's like they printed it intentionally for it uh, because now every time somebody draws a card, you essentially draw a card. Yeah, Obnixilis wants pingers, right? Correct. So it's whenever an opponent loses, one or more opponents lose exactly one life, Mm -hmm. you get to exile top character to the library, cast it until the end of your next end step, and you put a plus one, plus one counter on him. And he has flying and trample. So 
you just play a pretty gross Rakdosy Staxy deck, you know, like um uh Chains of Mephistopheles, Sire of Insanity, kind mm-hmm. of that kind of bullshit. And then just really allow these this engine to like pop off and like very punishing engine it is. Like, you know, especially when you're adding like these mayhem devil effects. Uh it is a very, very cool deck. And Did you this is a great card in it? Yeah, yeah. And it's uh the thing about this is that each card draw afterwards, even after a wheel, like that is the greatest thing that can happen to you. Uh is each a separate trigger. Everything's a separate trigger for each card drawn. So it's like Obnixilis is going to see uh, 21 cards exiled in response because of each one damage as long as you deal it all to face. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty crazy. Um, While we're still talking about this uh, this commander, this kind of strategy, there's a card directly under it that is a common instead of a rare, and it still has quite a cool line of text for me. It is uh, Mirkwood Bats for three and a black, two, three flyer, Important line being, whenever you create or sacrifice a token, each opponent loses one life. Well, look at that. Actually, that's really I, good, too. Each opponent on a common. Like, that's crazy. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if that 4CMC makes into your CDH deck. In yeah, a CDH deck, maybe not. But it's a Staxi deck. You know, it okay. is going long. Like, this is insane. But maybe not. Probably not. Yeah. Worth noting that there's a ton of Amass Orcs uh, uh, in this set. Yeah, very and, cool. And it seems like there's not just unlimited going to be some shenanigans that you can make out of that. Just, you know, anytime you can incidentally create a creature token and get some value out of it, it's yeah, going to be good. For sure. I think we're going to be seeing a lot of like reverberations throughout multiple formats after this set is been digested a little bit. Uh, one card that I'm actually hyped on, and Jordan pointed this out to me while we were at work today boromir warden of the tower oh yes two in a white for legendary creature human soldier three three so you know this is going in every winota deck ever it is a yeah three three with vigilance whenever an opponent casts a spell if no mana was spent to cast it counter that spell before i move on i just want to mention that every battle when it is when it loses its last defense counter goes into exile and you cast it without spending any mana it absolutely stifles all Ooh, okay that's yeah. very very good yeah and then you can sacrifice boromir warden of the tower creatures you control gain indestructible until end of turn the ring tempts you and when the ring tempts you for the first time let me just double check this to make sure i'm pretty sure it draws you a card maybe uh here we are oh it can't be blocked it, your ring bearer is legendary and can't be blocked by creatures with greater power. So it actually like allows you to slip through with certain things like Ragavan. So you could mm-hmm. like make Ragavan your ring bearer and then all of a sudden he's just slipping right through. So Yeah, this is a crazy card. I mean, it's a mono-white Lavinia stacks piece, which is a great ability uh, that is pretty underplayed because it's hard to make an excuse for white-blue in CDH, honestly. Um, yes. But in addition to that, it's also a selfless savior with upside. Yeah, um, I think this uh, finds a slot into Shalai and Halar. Um, 100%. Your world-famous Shalai and Halar deck? World-famous is right. That we're going to hear more about later in this podcast? Yeah, if you guys are excited uh, to hear about the Shalai and Halar deck, I will be, uh, have already streamed, I will have already streamed the deck tech, which I will be editing into a future episode for the Mock Stars podcast. I'll be on the CDH Discord. S-E-A-E-D-H Discord server. I'll put the, uh, an invite for the server in the description below so you guys can hop on there and if they have it archived you can watch that and it's in totality um, 
If not, we will post it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And just, we will post it. Just good plug etiquette. Yeah, 100%. Hey. If you are, you know, in the Pacific Northwest and want to play CDH, it is a great community, the CSEA EDH Discord. Uh, it's what is run by Marcus, who runs Laughing Dragon and uh, is in really close ties with uh, the community down in Portland, the PDX community mm-hmm. that Evan is actually going to be working with and streaming with. Um, so they are collectively running a lot of the CDH tournaments locally. Yeah, they're great. They are great. Hell yeah. Um, outside of that, you know, like Boromir, really great stats. 3-3 three, three Vigilance, not to be, um, you know, not to be uh, looked over at all. I, I think it's going to be great. I'm really excited to see what Faramir brings. Or Faramir yeah. brings. Yeah. There's l- so much good stuff. So much actually, like, actually good cards. Yeah, Build there's a Pony. A, a whole build a pony <laughs> of course i'm talking about build a pony the flavor of this set is also yeah. great yeah yes. uh, but like the cycle of legendary land cards in each Yo, color. like yes. minus tirith is card draw in white you know easy you easy card draw minds of moria just creating treasure tokens like and these things are going to be coming in untapped in commander especially because yes. the condition is if you control a legendary creature um yeah not legendary permanent legendary creature yeah rivendell was essentially an upgraded castle vantress Yes, and you know? I, I, I think I like I fully, yeah, I hear you on that because these are actually going to be crazy for Commander. Like yep. I, I definitely looked, I looked over Plaza of Heroes for a long time because I, it was just like ah, it's not that good, you know, or whatever. It's you know too many, too much text. Mm-hmm. But then turns out it's really good, and yeah. the legendary creature clause is not too much to overcome there's so many like one drop legendaries and stuff like oh that i know where, yeah i know all about all those <laughs> one drop legendaries <laughs> i find that um i'm always surprised by how utilized utility lands are right like mm-hmm. when when eldrain first came out i may be underrated so those lands and now they are so expensive and when they were in standard they were crazy right like uh they are just great even though there are pretty significant costs into getting them just the fact that they exist yeah is good alone now i'm seeing these and i'm like oh these are actually pretty good and the cost is actually pretty low mm-hmm. so in my head like if history repeats itself this can only be like a slam dunk of a cycle the fact that one in a white tap a land as long as you attack with two creatures you get to draw a card in mono white that's fucking insane yeah, yeah. it's an excellent card draw engine right there that's you know? crazy yeah basically baradur uh almost assumes that you're going to be blocking with your orc army so it says as long as i hold up mana every single turn i'm going to be able to create a blocker uh at any given time right Mm -hmm. so if you feed three mana into it you don't lose life on this which normally black cards are like these lands like to do is like drain you of your life slightly uh you can pay you know three mana one or xx black so one for each create a mass orcs x use it as a blocker creature died this turn i'll activate it again you know, kind of like mm-hmm. always have a creature up as long as you have, you know, three mana available to feed into it. And even more if you just keep going bigger and bigger with all the orc stuff amassing, like yeah. the mass orc stuff, this could be kind of crazy. Yeah. In like draft format, I imagine these mass orcs are going to be crazy. Yeah. Mines of Moria is actually my favorite. Uh, it's the red of the, of the red land of this cycle. It enters tapped unless you control a legendary creature, taps for a red, but also you can pay three and a red, tap, exile three cards from your graveyard, create two treasure tokens. Yeah, the fact that you're not sacrificing the land as well, so pretty much like... Yeah, repeatable value. Repeatable value, yeah. and then just like end step, four mana, and then all of a sudden you are up for an explosive turn. The mid-game is alive and well. Yeah, yeah. I love that. 
And then also, one thing I want to note, uh, just looking at the creatures in this set, tons of legendary creatures that tons. are going to be viable commanders. Yes. Not just Aragorn that, that you've built on our Discord, Correct. but like, man, there are, you know, there's a viable Sauron. There's one or two viable Gandalfs that you could build around. You really do get to have it all. Yeah, you, you get, get to, to have enjoy, it all. like playing it. If you love the, the story and stuff and you want to like take that out in like a competitive, or sorry, in a uh, creative side of things. Yeah. Like it's all there to do. So. I was already committed to doing like a EDH battle box out of this set, regardless of the quality of the cards. Now I'm legit pumped. Dude, like, 100%. It's going to be, it's going to be good decks. Yeah. You yeah. went all yeah. in before knowing a single card in the set. Right. And then we had that first set of spoilers and I was just kind of like, I don't know what the power level is going to be. It kind of mm-hmm. seems a little light. Now I'm fucking hyped for you, man. Like yeah. everything that is I'm seeing now is like you're got you just buy gas. Mark Rosewater, you son of a bitch. Yes. You got us. <laughs> <laughs> you got us again. Got us good. I mean, I want to buy a box now. I know. We yeah. were just talking about it. Uh, bro. Yeah. The buy box promos are all very They're so thick. good. Yeah. Great yeah. reprints. Cool arts. Like the fact that we're getting that Cloudstone Curio reprint. Yep. yep. Uh, awesome. The ancient tomb is sick. Huge. Like the, the world tree sure. is sick. Yeah, you know. I forgot about the world tree. There's Some like sick really wasteland. much needed yeah. reprints. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to shout out this one. A little Gandalf the White action. Gandalf the White Panharmonicon. Pan yes, dude. Yes, I it is. Correctly. Uh, it is white Raph Capuchin more or less uh, because it has flash and you may cast legendary spells and artifact spells as though they had flash. And it says if a legendary permanent, permanent or artifact, so there's a... Sp- Specific mm-hmm. clause there. Uh, ETB is it doubles. Yeah. No, uh, historic and food and a few other things getting tons of support in this set. Well, yeah. this is all modern legal, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you got to be able to like create a set where the cards are going to sell and be able to influence that format. So I think that's why we're seeing Oh, I definitely yeah. think we'll see yeah. some decks. And I definitely think we'll see some food decks. We're going to show. There is so much support for food in this deck. Yeah. In a way that we haven't seen since Eldraine. And and then, which was busted back then? And then <laughs> you know that Wilds of Eldraine, Eldraine is going to bring that back, that mechanic. Yes. Oh, and or there's going to be why. It, there's going to be some great decks in multiple formats, I think, built around food. I'm very yeah, hyped. Yeah, the like goose gets better. Yeah, dude, I'm very hyped to see like how Magic wraps up the rest of the year. Like, I think we are on a really good trajectory right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, last card I want to bring up from yeah. this Lord of the Rings set: Aowen, Fearless Knight, two a red and a white legendary creature, human knight, mm-hmm. three four with haste. When Aowen enters the battlefield, exile target creature and opponent controls with greater power. Legendary creatures you control gain protection from each of that creature's colors until end of turn. Disgusting. Yeah, very sick. Remove their biggest creature in game, like essentially unblockable for your entire entire lineup. For your board. In 1v1, 100%. Yes, I think that's really good. Insane. Um, All right. Lord of the Rings, very hyped. Very, very hyped. And that comes out in, uh, like, from the time of this podcast, like three or four weeks. Yeah. Oh my God, that's going to come so quickly. Well, we got to talk about at least one more card. Okay. We haven't talked about Aragorn. Oh, that's right. Oh, Aragorn. Dog. Oh, did you build this deck already or what? Deck's already been built. Shout out Guy because he already built his deck. We were mm-hmm. actually in uh, the Discord just like back and forth like talking about it. And so we have two very different decks, which I think is very cool. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of a very open-ended commander. But- uh, yeah, not surprising. Uh, we were comparing them to Kenrith earlier. Correct. But they're both essentially, you know, he is good stuff without access to black. Correct. Yeah. Exactly. So let's read it real quick. So it's Aragorn the Uniter for a 5-5 human noble. It is red, green, white, blue. Sun's black. Uh, whenever you cast a white spell, create a 1-1 white human. Soldier. Whenever you cast a blue spell, scry two. 
Whenever you cast a red spell, he deals three damage to target opponent. And whenever you cast a green spell, target creature gets plus four, plus four until end of turn. Um, yeah. I think this is fucking awesome, and I'm very yeah. excited about it. All I, relevant modes. Super relevant. I've been wanting to find that thing that kind of inspires me in CDH right now, and I think this is it, while maintaining a certain level of competitiveness, right? Mm. Like, not just like building a tier C deck or whatever. Yeah. Um, instantly, I think everybody's going to be like, Kenrith is better, and I probably have to agree because it's generically better, plus you add the black color. Mm. But... There's something to be said about like Kenrith demands that you invest more mana into it to get anything out of it whatsoever. Your first five in doesn't really do anything. Granted, it's your first four in with Aragorn doesn't really do anything either. But it's the fact that you're driving your game plan forward by casting spells and you're getting payoffs from that versus choosing whether you're investing your mana into a card mm-hmm. or an activation. You're doing one and you're getting paid off for it just incidentally yeah it feels like whatever your game state is whatever you're trying to do in the deck if you're landing aragorn you're going to get something good out of it literally yeah Yeah. and there's because of that there's so many different ways to play this because there's a payoff for each color literally like you could do a mono red burn deck that would be kind of sick um like evan and i always talk about in like these naya colors doing this like jet mirror winota combo regardless of who the commander is because Mm -hmm. it just spirals out of control if you can lock the board down he would do that and you would just add blue to the equation so there's a lot of cool stuff you can do here um but more in a cdh sense where i'm looking at building this there is a pretty obvious combo here is like a food chain outlet because if you infinitely cast squee you'll infinitely deal three damage to each opponent yep um, so that one's pretty straightforward. I mean, I mean, you can just combine food chain nonsense and Niv Miss It uh, curiosity nonsense, totally. and like there's ten other things. Ten and other it, things. It all works. Literally, yeah. You know? So uh, the one guy told me about was um, I didn't even think about it at first. Would make so much sense. Cloud stored curio lines, where you're just infinitely bouncing dockside. As yep. long as you have a low cost of creature to bounce with it, it goes infinite. And every time you cast dockside, what I think about is cool about this is you don't need to find an outlet or you don't need to dig with anything you don't even need the mana that you're curating yeah you, or uh collecting you just literally need to do the loop you literally just need to infinitely cast a red spell yeah uh so that is pretty sick um and then there's just tons of like weird niche interactions that i think will just are we're just breaching the surface now and over the next few you know, few months we'll know really stuff that goes really crazy one thing i was kind of hyped about was uh like a little rishkar's expertise mm-hmm. targeting him because in response he'll get plus four plus four because it's a green spell and all of a sudden you're drawing nine cards we got to target non-human right with uh not, not, oh rishkar's, rishkar's that's right rishkar's, yeah, yeah, yeah 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 so yeah, uh yeah so there's a lot of there's a lot of options here. yeah i think that's gonna be really fun yes. um it, it seems like there's like you said, you're already seeing a couple different decks being built. Yeah, with him as the commander, and there's infinite number of things you can do with it because it's all it's all going to pay off. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. guys talking, he's like I, between the storm and the stacks variant, right? And there's very good on both of those. And then what I'm actively doing is trying to do the quote unquote like no bad cards variant, where it's like essentially trying to be a Kenrith deck, mm-hmm. where you just play the best that you have available and you grind out through the mid range and just beast on value. Yeah. The upside I have here is that I have a pretty um, hard to interact with win condition that can kind of just come out of nowhere. And because the deck is more value and mid range focus, it doesn't need to be focused. Like it doesn't need to, I don't not need to try and drop this combo and like turn one or two. It's just, it'll happen when it happens. Yeah. The rest of the deck will get me there. Yeah. This is one where I don't think people have even scratched the surface on casting multicolored spells yet because Correct. you get, yeah, you know, you Correct. get all those rewards. So at casting a Lavinia or whatever, uh, a white and a blue mana gets you a soldier and scries too. Yeah. Uh, one card I was thinking of in this deck that would be amazing is Bring to Light. 
Ooh, yeah. That would be really good. Four mana bring to light, which happens to get a four CMC spell, which is your academy rector that I'm playing a bunch of ways to kill and then go get food chain and then you win the game. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, uh, TBD, we'll uh, probably keep working on this and testing it out a bunch, hopefully taking it to tournaments and maybe we'll do a deck tech. Who knows? Maybe we'll compare it with Kenrith. Cool beans. Cool beans. Cool beans. Cool. Oh, speaking of cool tournaments, staying this tournaments, how fun would like a medieval times themed tournament be with yeah. all Lord of the Rings decks? <laughs> you have to have Lord of the Rings decks. Let's go. Yeah. Just like orcish battle horns. Mm-hmm. Everybody gets turkey legs for lunch. Oh, yeah. Everyone gets a little Cornish gain hem. Yeah. yeah. Goes right on their play mat. Right. <laughs> Instant grease stains. Let's go. All right. All right, main All right. topic, Evan. Main topic, well, Evan. Because you guys know I'm very excited about this. The tournament recap from Laughing Dragon MTG this past weekend. We got to meet a lot of awesome players, do a mm-hmm. lot of networking, play against some great people and great players. Um but yeah, we, we just want to talk about the experience there and how it all went down. Yeah. Uh just Fair warning to everyone out there, all of our listeners. This is our perspective on what happened at the tournament. Uh, you don't have to share that perspective. You probably experienced something totally different. Uh, so if you uh, want to share your experience, feel free to leave a comment down below in on the YouTube video or uh, reach out to us on Instagram or whatever. Uh, but there's one, <laughs> there's one experience where I know Grant... I know you're listening. Called him out. And I am going to rip you apart. You hear that, Grant? (laughs) Sleep with one eye open. (laughs) Damn. Fine name. Okay. Should we get his last name? All right. No, I didn't get his last name. I will look it up, though. We'll post his... Let's dox him, bro. Let's get his (laughs) fucking address. No, nah, okay. nah, Grant's a good dude. We just had a, a misplay. Grant, right. I don't know spicy, you, do, though. Apparently, Evan's coming for you. Yeah, a little spicy uh, drop that we're going to hear later. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. yeah. So let's let's get right into it. Uh, to start the tournament off, we were first like thoroughly stunned at how great of a shop Laughing Dragon MTG is in Issaquah. It's very clean, great uh, atmosphere. Honestly, like the lo-fi beats were great at like mm-hmm. to set the mood and everything like that. Get everyone stoked for uh, that first round, and the prize pool was awesome. The top prize was an underground sea, and as more players signed up, they started up. They had a smaller prize pool, and as it filled up, they increased the value of the pool, uh, which kind of like led to more hype. Uh, players being more interested. It was underground sea, and then volcanic island, tropical island, wheel of fortune. Yeah, so unbelievable prize pool. Um, for $35 entry or no $50 entry. And, uh, you saw a lot of like, uh, yeah, a lot of great players there. People we recognize from the tournament down in Gabby's. Uh, but, uh, yeah, we got shuffled into our pods pretty much right away. And, uh, Jordan, um, I don't know where we want to start. Just like, well, I was, I'll say this. The first thing I noticed, or I think the first takeaway we started noticing as we were playing was that the meta we came into or ran into here was drastically different than what we Ooh, saw at Gabby's. Yes. Okay, because at Gabby's, it's an established meta of players that play together a lot. And does Laughing Dragon uh, necessarily have that community? I would definitely say there was a lot less of that and a lot more people like traveling here. Okay, not, not a strong Issaquah showing, just general magic players from correct. the area. Yeah, okay. it drew the crowds because it was 100% proxy friendly. Okay. Yeah. Yes. yeah. And here is, yeah, exactly what Evan said. This is the the huge ringer that we think, this is our opinion of this, is because Gabby's is not proxy friendly, people need to play cards they can afford. Okay. 
Stacks is a much more affordable strategy than pretty much any other thing. If you mm. know, your five color Kenrith lists are fucking expensive. Fucking five color Kenrith. Yes, 100%. screw that guy. Play Aragorn. <laughs> I'm sure that's marginally cheaper. Yeah. That's one less dual land. Oh <laughs> my god. Uh, yeah. So because of that, you know, you see a lot of different decks. People are you know forced to play different things, and mm-hmm. Stacks just is a viable strategy that's pretty affordable. Yeah. Comparatively, um, when we went to Laughing Dragon, it was. A lot less stacks and a lot more, I would say, aggressively slanted mid-range decks. Okay, because if I recall correctly, as a podcast listener, uh, last time a problem that Evan had was uh, not being able to win through rule of law effects. Not a problem this time. Not not <laughs> relevant to this. I did not tournament. see one yeah. rule of law effect. No, yeah. In in the last tournament, there was just one game where we had like literally. Two players playing stacks and one person countering all removal to... Oh, every pod had stacks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every pod did have stacks, but yeah, one game just really, really uh, was very stacks heavy. In this, what I noticed was it was like, yes, there were some slight stacks pieces, but they were the stacks pieces that mid-range decks... And especially, you know, multiple color mid-range decks like to play. Like your Dranith Magistrates, your Collector Oofs, if you're It, it was soft line. stacks. Exactly. Things that you expect to see, things that aren't necessarily going to slow down the game. Anybody. Sort of shut off some lines. Yeah, anybody you know, in white can play Dranith. And you can interact with them. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So you definitely see that. Even if I'm guilty of that, right? I'm a Grixis player, but because I'm running Tev Krom now, I'm playing Curse Totem. So, like, you know, yeah, that yeah. came up. If you're in green, you have two slots for Null Rod and Collector Oof, regardless of what you're doing. Yeah, They're just the generic stacks pieces that are going to go in the deck yeah but yeah, I, right. that being said i did not run up against a single stacks granted okay there was one winota i did not play against it but i saw there was one winota in the tournament and that was the only dedicated stacks that guys on the yeah that was courtney she was awesome she was awesome okay. Shout out courtney. yeah um yeah so uh let's go over our records i think just like dive right into it and just sort of talk on our experience like through our games uh i ended up placing 11th yeah boy yeah yes, dude semis <laughs> and uh I went two, one, and two. So uh, it was like the, it was five rounds of Swiss, which was uh, a little bit longer of a day than we were used to. But here's the thing with uh, the format and the way it was set up with being 100% proxy friendly is that we they set 75 minutes on the clock. I don't think a single like there was maybe one game. I think Jordan, you played the one solo game that went past time. Yeah, you know? it was super wild because like when we we're at Gabby's, like people go 45 minutes into mm. turns, right? And this was just like, boom, boom, boom. Like, we yeah. were we were done. Everybody was, like, packed up, chilling outside, waiting for the next round. Which we aren't, like, yeah, just to be clear, we aren't ragging on Gabby's. I think that no. is, like, it's just a completely different environment. And the I fact mean, that they're doing... sometimes games just yeah. go long. That just happened. Yeah. Just and how it is. And also, that's what Stacks does. Exactly. I was going to say, less Stacks. Yeah. Yeah. And the fact that they're doing that uh, charity tournament coming up is going to be great oh so yeah that's gabby's proxy friendly yep. yes that is our when next. is that just uh so we can get the plug uh, in. i'm actually not sure they haven't said a date i think yet. it's tbd it's late july Ooh, late july check out gabby's in olympia yep. yeah they're uh gabby's uh gabby's kids is their uh charity gabby's kids check all it out right. online yeah good cause all right. all right i'm gonna step right into it bring it into the scene game one okay. i'm sitting in a pod i'm i'm second in turn order i'm sitting in a pod where atraxa is going first so we're likely going to see some food ch- food chain stuff i'm second with shalai and halar third was yorn and fourth was a partner pairing of dargo and ikra shadiki oh so, that's spicy what does ikra shadiki do uh, i don't even know what that it's is. basically this uh was that jund sacrifice uh but ikra is three is a three seven um that 
uh, when you deal damage to an opponent, you gain life equal to the creature's toughness. Okay. So it swings, gains seven life, so you can add nos for bigger. Oh, uh, okay. Got it. Actually, right? Yeah, never heard of the card. Yeah. yeah. So turn, uh, I mean, just kind of like go through the main points of the game. Uh, goes through the first turn, and the uh, Ikra player plays an Oath of Druids on turn one, mm-hmm. and... Uh, puts down a forbidden orchard and so everyone's like oh my god they're gonna get the creature trigger but my first hand had a force of vigor in it so i allowed it to come back to me get that up treat upkeep trigger and i got a sanctum weaver off of literally the first card off the top onto the battlefield which just set me up so well for the win here that was actually won the first game of the day which felt really good just get a nice head start on everything uh because it just took the pressure off for the rest of the day it's like i won the first one i know i absolutely know i can win another one so just kind of instilled that confidence in Mm -hmm. me jordan said there was a a certain air about me when I was walking out of the okay out of the building after that first round. I said you had a lot of energy. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's an air about me. Energy of as, as air a player of energy. known to wear your emotions on your sleeve. Hell yeah. Uh, so um, set me up. Uh, there was a misplay with a redirected force of vigor that didn't erase my sanctum weaver, which was at one point tapping for four. Mm-hmm. And I also had a Sarah sanctum on the board. And I think people really started seeing the value in enchantments all throughout the day. I think people really saw it, but um, yeah, just set up the Heliod line and just went to town, won the game. And I had a Ranger captain. So I was able to sacrifice in my upkeep to kind of keep people off my back, which was really nice. Um, yeah. The Shaline Hall performed really well. Second game. I kind of shot myself in the foot. I had a gemstone caverns and I exiled a collector oof to it when I had a mox diamond, a forbidden orchard, another land and a couple other things, a stony Mm -hmm. silence as well. And, uh, I should have. So what I did was I played a land turboed out the stony silence, but cast the diamond in order for me to do it. So I could cast an elvish mystic too. um, should have exiled the mox diamond to the stony silence because I did not see another land the rest of the game. I sat on two lands and a, dud of a mox diamond and that was just a huge misplay on my part uh i mean that's just rng right yeah what what was the optimal play in that situation i I think it was like i already had the gemstone caverns on the battlefield so play a land cast a stony silence move on let the stacks do its job come back around to me continue to play lands because i had three i had spells with three cmc in my Mm -hmm. hand the rest of the game it's like they're just slightly out of reach yeah and i can't really do anything that's a real bummer that feels very relatable as like someone who had to learn how to play like turbo decks and stuff and it is like when when do you burn your land for a mox diamond uh because you might never see one again (laughs) yeah yeah and i i learned that lesson for sure yeah especially with that situation i would i would have seen like thinking about it uh, like after the fact, obviously, I see that you know, Mox Diamond is a card disadvantage source, and so is a Gemstone Cavern. So I would have opted to like just take one. Yeah, yeah. I think there's a serious conversation, serious conversation we had on that point, which is like there's the famous article on when to thought seize. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's almost the same level. Like when to discard, when to exile that land. Right. Yeah. Like and- it, it's big. It is big. right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I should have just, and like you said, just keep one. I should have just exiled the Mox Diamond to the Gemstones and just kept one, right? And just moved on and kept moving forward. Kept the, kept the Collector Oof for when my Stony Silence was eventually removed. It's like, then I have backup, you know? Mm-hmm. Or I could play the Oof first, punch for two, whittle down some life totals. But at this table was, was a couple of very interesting decks. And uh, it was uh, a Kenrith, Blue Farm, and... The most interesting deck of the day, I think, it was a Curic deck. 
that pivoted off of the standard axis. So whenever Kirit came out, everyone was expecting, um, I don't know, Tudor for something win the game. Yep. And they played Kirik beats. Like Drana, Liberator of Malakir was their turn one play. Land, Dark Rit, Drana. And that Drana became like a freaking eight nine before it ended up getting bounced or, or killed. So it was like just steadily pounding face. They won three games. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. They yeah. Won three games. They were in the semis. It. Yeah. They were in at my table at the semis, too. So uh, shout out to that dude. I'm sorry I didn't uh, catch your name, but really creative uh, deck building. Like, Shieldred Whispering One mm-hmm. was oppressive. It just like came in and it's something we just don't know how to deal with as CDH players with like, yeah, we normally have single target removal or interact on the stack. But when you see something that fat come down, unless you have a mana drain in hand, you're like, I'll just deal with it later. Mm. Yeah. You know, I think so. we've said it a few times that like in CDH, these decks are as greedy as possible. So if you can find a way to prey on that, like blood yeah. moon effects, like back to basics effects, if you can find a way to play that and it doesn't bother you or play, you know, giant fucking beaters um a lot of times they just can't deal with it yeah exactly and that's pretty much what we saw the whole game and then uh it got to be so this is where grant you get your time to shine here i'm gonna rip you apart a little bit and you're expecting it so don't <laughs> we, we yeah. prepared you for this grant. yeah you arch enemy number one grant no no it's actually he, he wasn't even the enemy he's just a really great dude who made a, a common not even a common misplay and that's why we're ripping you grant uh <laughs> it's going down into the final bit bits of the game the blue farm players at uh like 11 life and they're uh because they've been getting punched in the face by Kirik because Kirik realizes that hey i gotta kill this dude otherwise he's gonna win and i'm not so uh logan was his name great player he went four and one on the day so we mm-hmm. had a lot of really great players at this table and he fired off an adnos at 11 life it was just crazy so like uh he went to sack his ranger captain at the upkeep and uh Grant went ahead and cast a silence. And this is where the battle on the stack started to happen because I had a red elemental blast in my hand. So um, he cast a silence. Logan cast a pact negation on that because he's planning on winning this turn. So uh, I get past priority and I red elemental blast the pact so that the silence can go off. And then they, uh, it goes to Grant. He's like, yeah, that's cool with me, whatever. And then it goes to Logan, who cast a Fierce Guardianship. And then he's met back with a Fierce Guardianship. And uh, he has another counter spell in hand. And so uh, Grant just goes, yeah, yeah, I guess. I'm not sure if that's exact sequencing, but Grant just goes, yeah, yeah, that's good with me. And then it resolves. He goes off to uh, Adnaz, gets an intuition with five life. So he reveals an intuition off of when he is at five life from the Adnaz, goes down to two, casts it, gets the Underworld Breach Loop, and wins the game. Uh, and after the game, Grant reveals his hand to me, and he's like, bro, I totally could have stopped it. And I'm like, I know you could have. I saw your hand. He was holding a Veil of Summer and an Autumn's Veil. The whole time. Now was that with the, open mana. Was that just a misplay, or did he not? He like in we talked about it afterwards, and he was just like, I thought after you cast your spell that my spell was no longer being targeted because the pack negation had been negated. So I thought like there was some weird if so factos, but the silence ultimately got countered 
uh, throughout the uh, the end of it and as the stack like whittled down Oof. he just figured he couldn't do anything about it Oof. but i was just like no at the top of it after you guys had your counter war if you had just put a veil of summer on the top of the whole thing like the whole stack like resolves and you're chilling yeah Oof. yeah i so. <laughs> this is this goes to a larger thing that i think we will talk about and it's just make sure you communicate like communicate with the pod communicate with you know uh judges when necessary like in these situations you gotta communicate can i ask about the vibe of the situation like as this counterspell war was happening who was keeping track of the stack like like you know what i mean yeah yeah it was mostly just between them two like the two of them uh because after i fired off the red elemental blast i had no more interaction so i kind of like watched the stack and as it all happened and we all laughed about it at the end like yes it did cost us the dub and logan did walk away with the win and he did have a great record on the day um but honestly yeah. i don't think like it had it would have been a king making situation in a way right so if logan hadn't won the next turn player would have won. I, I don't know i i feel like even you in that situation would be like hey i we need to break down what's happening on the stack right now hey let's lay out all the cards on the table everything that's interacting and right dial in and figure out what's happening yeah i feel like you have a right to do that especially in tournament setting or calling a judge or a hundred percent and i think that uh there is some adaptation to be made as you move into tournaments like as you move into a tournament setting you have to realize that this isn't the game you play with your friends and like family uh you know at the kitchen table every you know Uh, once a week and you meet up with your friends and you have a good time i think that is where the discussion needs to move towards is that this is a tournament this is competitive and while we can all laugh and have a good time we also all need to be in that frame of mind where we are competing and we do need to like acknowledge these very small nuances and windows of opportunity in the game um where you know we'll talk about it later too where you can't like and it's uh, it's etiquette as well, but it's um, like you need to acknowledge every single window of time because every single one matters to the umpteenth degree. Yeah, when the like game decides games, when the game speeds up, you got to slow it down. Yes, exactly. It, you know, a great way of putting it. Yeah, you you have to get granular. You have so, to like start you, as we get into you know you're gonna win this turn. You know, I think people do this naturally, but you kind of have to do it every time and make sure everyone at the table is doing it where it's just like you're moving through the phases consciously and like announcing what you're doing as you move through your turn and what's happening on the stack acknowledging priority yep yeah and that's not just going to help you that's going to help everyone like it's yep. just gonna yeah it saves from situations where you can't go back it saves from situations where it's like super sticky all of a yep. sudden now you need to get a judge involved yeah because we're gonna talk about another spicy situation where there was a there was a take back right in a right. tournament setting yeah, yeah. Like later no? on um yeah so grant you're a great player and i'm really looking forward to playing with you again and i think communicate grant well no i think he's an awesome dude i think he, yeah, he I mean, learned i think he 100 learned his lesson but yeah i know yeah but just in general like if you don't know just ask like yeah. just talk to the people at the table yeah, you know you're, i'm true. trying to interact this is what i have like yeah he, i have those conversations grant was not prohibited in that situation from revealing information to the table to the table right such as like hey i have autumn veil veil of summer um, and I don't think, you know, I think it's against etiquette to be like for him to be like, hey, I what can I do with this to stop this? Because it's not a friendly game. It's a tournament game. But he can reveal that information to the table. And yes. yeah. then you can be like, 
hey, I'm going to make the decision to get granular on the stack with what's happening, mm -hmm. and maybe that is going to uh, elucidate the situation for Grant so he knows that he can stick yeah. it. You know, Right. Yeah, that's for all players. I need to be able to do that, too. I think it's just um, something all of us to practice as we get more reps in like tournaments. Yeah. Uh, so next couple rounds, um, I won my fourth round, and then the fifth round we agreed on a draw because uh, after you win two games, you're at 10 points, and at that point, there is a wall of players at 10 points, and so the four of us just agreed that we would draw so that we would get one additional point, putting us one notch above that wall of 10 okay. to get mm -hmm. us above um, and basically just guarantee our entry into the semis. So... Um, then we go into the semifinals for me and um i was sitting there in third and turn order and it was the curic player at first and turn order uh second and turn order was a prime speaker vanifar deck emery and then myself and fourth was lauren with kenrith lauren ended up winning the tournament and um now remember what i said about perspective and how this all went down this is how my this is my experience and how it all happened here so we're going rashomon story time it. right goes through the game i um don't really play any creatures because we're locked down by curic with a shieldred the whispering one uh so every to every upkeep you have to sacrifice a creature most decks rely on putting one creature down at a time you know very thin margins on mana so uh we couldn't get anything to stick i just held my mana i waited and then lauren went and tutored a toxic deluge wiped the board I comes back around to me. I put down a Sanctum Weaver and a Archon of Ameria, and I locked it down, right? Comes back around. I play Shalai and Halar and comes back around again. And now people can't play more than one spell per turn. Um, I went ahead and uh, basically all the interaction was spent on the, on the previous go around uh, between, well, Emery had gone for the win with Prime Speaker Vanifar with rolling through and Lauren was great enough to reanimate my Hushbringer that was in the graveyard to stop that from happening. So it comes to my turn. All the interaction has been blown. Archon of Mary is great. And I cast the Red Terror. The table discusses for minutes and they all go come to the same conclusion. They all pass priority and they say, we can't do anything about it. Mm -hmm. And so I say... And this is going to be a real time, exactly how I stated it in the game. I said, all right, moving to combat. I will declare Shalai and Halar as an attacker at Emery. And then everyone takes a deep breath. And then Emery goes, oh, I could have done something about it. And then Lauren says, well, he moved through combat really quickly. Uh, what, what could you have done? And then the character player also backs it up and says, uh, yeah, 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 what could you have done? And so he goes, well, I have this ability on this creature where I can pay one and uh, exile an instant or sorcery from my graveyard and then tap a creature, which would stop the combat. Like, uh, and so I'm feeling very pressured by the three other players. And in this moment, everyone should just call a judge. Call judge. Yeah. Because they're attempting to rewind the game, which succeeded because they, I mean, my Midwestern kindness is just like, okay, uh, Entering combat. Since I seem to have moved into it too quickly, I am entering combat. And then he goes, yeah, I'll, I'll pay one and I'll activate and I'll tap it. I was like, no, I'd already declared my attack. Yeah, I had already yeah. done that. I'm not here to hold your hand to like help you win the game. But that, that moment was the difference between me walking away 
with at minimum a wheel of fortune, mm-hmm. right? I think I would have been third minimum, so I would have gotten yeah, Trap Island, yeah, the Trap yeah. Island. I, I mean, I think at a baseline, we can agree that in a tournament setting, there's no such thing as going back phases. Right. You know, we can't do it on arena. Yeah, you know, like that was my. I think that's my biggest thing. But I came home that night and uh, I fell asleep, and for whatever reason, I was shaken awake at like 2 a.m. or like 3 a.m. And I wait, I laid there to like 6 just mm. thinking about that moment. So it really sucked. It's uh, a real bummer to lose in, in a moment like that where yeah, it's just like... you should have won. Literally yeah. victory snatched. Yeah. Yeah. You know. So, you know, it's like one of those things where it's like, yeah, should Shalai and Halar be making waves right now as a top four deck at a tournament? Like, yes, it should. Because mm-hmm. it was there. It should have won. But it didn't. Instead, we get four, five-colored... <laughs> yeah, we had three Kenris at the final pot. Three Kenris so. <laughs> and Najila was the yeah. final pot. Yeah. Well, what a meta. Look at that. <laughs> so, uh, and that, those are all really great matchups for me. I think that the stack yeah. decks really, or that the stack deck that I'm playing uh, is really great. Um, and it, it worked really well. You guys yep. can check out the list. I'll put it in the description as well. Yeah, that's a huge bummer. Like, you know, that's the whole situation in a tournament. There's no going back phases. Part of playing in a tournament and part of playing the game in general is just like knowing what your board state is and what you can be doing and misplays are part of the game and everyone should be able to capitalize on misplays in a fair way if you did indeed just like move through the sequences of the turn in in a way that clearly communicated everything and gave them the opportunity to do that it's just like the table doesn't get to decide hey we're gonna be nice and unlet Evan win yeah you know you just gotta call a judge right you know and yeah i should you know it's it's the same aspect of the other thing where it's just like you got to slow the game down at that point it's like i'm sorry that i have to like be calling the cops here in this situation it's exactly how i felt but it's like it just has to happen yeah yeah you know? yeah and we had that conversation after you know it's just like how, how you proceed in the future and stuff and like be very vocal about everything you're doing even if you use it to your advantage like i had mm-hmm. mentioned it's like you can push people a little bit like you know, all right, I'm moving to combat. Do you have anything? No, no, no. All right, let's go. Let's keep moving. We got to get to this. Like, got to get time is on the clock right now. We're 12 minutes left, right? Yeah. yeah. So you've you've verbally said no. Great. That is fucking on contract now going to combat. Yep. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, even after that, I was still in great, great spirits. I was happy to make the top 16. Crushed and, it. Uh, you know, I got up and the cool thing was is that this guy, Topher, if Topher, if you're listening to this, shout out, you're, you're a G. Uh, Much better than Grant. Yeah. Uh, fucking Topher. Grant, bro. No, You're no, cool. I will defend Grant to my dying day. I still Grant's don't know a good Grant. dude. Yeah. Um, but he pulled me aside and he's just like, dude, can I see your deck? It looks amazing. Like, like it's so unique in the way it functions. So uh, we sat aside and I got to like give him a little like spiel. And that's uh, who, I mean, and Topher has great connections throughout the community. And so he's the one who set up the whole broadcast thing that will have already happened. Um, but yeah, I, I'm really excited to do that and uh, just kind of like, show the world this deck that I'm going to be competing with at the next tournament and the following tournament and like getting it on the map. Cause now I know that this deck can win this three, is your deck, three, four five yeah. games. In this a is day. new Atraxa. Yeah. Yeah. I guess this, this right? deck Fox bro. hundred percent. Yeah. It just, uh, it, it operates in it. It, uh, it's cadence is hard to, um, really pick up on. So, well, it sounds like we got to listen to that deck tech. Yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, Jordan, how'd your day go, man? Um, not as good as yours, but also not as bad as yours. 
<laughs> right. <laughs> um, yeah. So, like I said, I, I I was very heavily geared. I was loaded for bear. Right. I was geared for these super stacksy decks. Um, and so I put in hella mid range, which is great, and it gave me a lot more options as I ran into a ton of mid range decks. The thing I didn't bring though was I was I was almost too slanted in one direction. I wasn't ready to fight those mid range decks on the stack as much. Mm-hmm. Like I took out Red Blast, for example, those types of cards, like for things that would instead let me garner more resources in a late game. Um, that being said, I did a lot in every game. I put up a win attempt, I think, in almost every game. Um, and the one I did win in, I think it was it was the one game that went like way past time. It was just like Najila had resolved a turn one Rhystic study, and I was like, this game is already fucked. Um, but I had clawed back. Like I said, I had these mid-range value engines that I put in the deck, mm-hmm. and it was just a grind, a grind, a grind. We had Kirik on my left, and then I was sitting, I had a Minsk. Same Kirik or a different Kirik? Different, different Kirik. Traditional Kirik. Traditional Kirik. And I had uh, Minsk and Boo was the other player. Got it. Um, so it was just, I knew it was me and Najila were the established draw engines and f- like fuck each other for the rest of the game, mm. kind of kind of right. decks. Um, and I shouldn't have won the game I won, if I'm being honest. I, I played such a thin line of politics and... I guess just kind of like mental play. Bro, sounds like you're you earned it. You I, did the Grixis thing and you earned it. I, I yeah. So and you know I we walking away. The Najila player definitely was like yeah, she shouldn't have won that. Mm. So what what essentially had happened was I got to the sports state where I had so much mana, so many tutors, so many cards. I could just win if Najila was not in my fucking way. It wasn't Najila itself. It was the pilot. He had a Mystic Remora, a Rhystic Study, a Ranger Captain of Eos, and I know for a fact that he had one counterspell in the end. Um, so it was such a weird situation of trying to resolve the last tutor I needed so that I could set up a Thoracal win, knowing that the second he sees that, he will then uh, counter it. Or if I try to interact, he will then sacrifice that holding up interaction. Mm-hmm. So I'll be completely locked out the second he knows I go for a win. That being said, I managed to just wiggle a little bit in the right direction until I was able to, at the very last second, tainted pact with no no Thoracle first. I just tainted pact. He didn't know I had Thoracle, so he had to just guess. And so he decided not to pop his Ranger Captain of Eos at that interaction. And then I am able to then slam uh thoracle in response knowing that the only counter spell he held up was for non-creature spells and i just fucking walked away with the win well 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 there you go well yeah. done and one player had endurance in their hand but they couldn't do anything because the amount of permanents you had that were blue yeah. was like <laughs> that's right his- they, they had endurance and i had like seven devotion so ah. it didn't fucking matter yeah so I had five cards in my grave there was a dothy on the board pretty much the whole game so uh he had his graveyard was like yeah like four or five cards yeah God, it was a wild game, and like, for all intents and purposes, I shouldn't have won it, but I did, and that's you know, I guess in its own right, pretty satisfying. Those are those great wins, yeah. Those great wins, yeah. Yeah. It's like, and that that shows how the kind of player you are. That and well, thank you, and I think that really is where the challenge of CDH is, is because like, it's not just like a a finite thing. Like, you play the best cards, you win the game. You play the combo, you win the game. Right. It is playing the people you're at the table. At That's, a certain point, we all know the decks. Sometimes there's new decks like Evans, and that shakes them up. But we know the cards. It's the people you're playing against. Mm. And I think that's what I'm trying to get better at. 
Yeah, I think that's 100% like right on the nose. And um, one person that really stood out to me throughout the day was Atlas again. Yeah. Like, Motherfucker is great at politics. I, I played my first game against him and um, I was shaken. Like and and Atlas, this is praise, man. Like this is, I if I knew every player on the West Coast, I would say you're probably top ten. You have a way of winning. Atlas games. is top ten. Grant is bottom ten. <laughs> <laughs> We're starting the the West Coast, uh, leaderboards right now. You guys are really <laughs> ragging on him, Jesus. <laughs> uh, so. Uh yeah, Atlas's praise for sure. I think you could win a game without playing a card. Like yeah. that's how good he is the old in politics. Pilot a sack of potatoes to win. <laughs> he piloted <laughs> yeah. someone else's deck to his own well, his own victory. If it had it not been for a forgotten packed trigger, uh Oh, that's right. Yeah, it was it, it was sad. Regardless of that, um Th- they didn't go back and let him do it. No. Uh, no, so <laughs> the way yeah. well, so the way that happens no, uh, uh, yeah. the way that happens is if you miss it and then you remember it, you know, later in the phase, it just goes on the stack in the middle of whatever you are doing. So, he was in the middle of uh casting a saw in half on a dock side. So, what ended up happening was the uh uh blue green uh little dude. So, yeah. Kinnon, thank you for whatever reason little I couldn't dude. remember it. Little dude, uh, Kinnon, the Kinnon player, that little rascal, yeah, Kinnon. Now decided, just like out of nowhere, was like, "Didn't you have a pack trigger?" And then Atlas is like, "You're right." Goes on the stack, and he tries to cast a dual caster with the trigger on the stack to target the saw in half, so he can get it to go off on the dock side before mm. um, the pack trigger resolves, so you can get Spartan. the mana to like pay for it, and. Uh, that's when the Kinnon player decides to use their interaction. They have a little bit of a battle on the stack, and uh, the Kinnon player wins. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. Atlas couldn't pay for the trigger, and that knocks him out of the game. Seems a but, bit like a stolen game, but uh, a little bit, right? Um, well, it is what in it a is. way, but at, you yeah. know, like then again, it's just like you just got to remember that pack yeah. thing. But um, yeah, uh, Atlas, you're an amazing player, and I look forward to playing against you more. Because you've taught me so much on how to, like how to play politics in a game. Okay. How to like guide people where you want them to be. We've had two back-to-back episodes of just <laughs> shouting the praises of Atlas. Next yeah, episode, yeah, yeah. man, I can't even rocks. fucking talk about it. Check out his podcast. If you want to go hear more about Atlas, go to his podcast, not our podcast. Right, 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 right. on the rocks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, that doesn't mean that I don't. Do we have a channel in the Discord for Atlas? No, we're talking about Atlas, <laughs> Atlas specific. <laughs> I will say, I'm I'm also counting myself in that top ten on the West Coast. You heard it here first. Watch out! I, I you mean top eleven on the West Coast? Shush. Ooh, no, top ten. That was dirty. Top ten, and I'm not saying where I am on that list. Uh, <laughs> uh, all right, uh, little uh, little housekeeping, real quick. Um, first, for our stuff, make sure you like, follow, subscribe, give us a rating on Spotify. You can find any of our shit. We have mm. a link tree listed everywhere. Uh, we got comment, Shalina, comment please. Yeah. We got Shalai and Halar deck down below, um, and also upcoming tournaments. We have Gabby's end of the end of July. Also, shout out our Discord because we'll be posting all of the information there. Uh, Gabby's has that awesome charity event. So first proxy tournament at Gabby's, you got to pay one dollar per proxy. Um, all goes to Gabby's kids, and then the other tournament is Marcus from Laughing Dragon is working on it right now, and that's going to be in July. So nice. Two sick ass July tournaments coming up, followed by the MXP down in Tacoma. That's going to have uh, Grand uh, RCQ, whatever the fuck, CDH tournament, Topher setting all that up. 
There's a ton of stuff coming up this summer. Hey, I've got more housekeeping. Hit me. Uh, on a personal level, we have some, some exciting news for the podcast. We have a camera coming. Yeah. We're going to have video soon. We're, yeah. we're popping off right now, boys. So you get to see our faces. Yeah, we yeah. got a GoPro. We're getting games. We're live streaming games. We're going to be doing live podcasts. You yeah. fucking name it. Watch out for the level up. We're actually going to be uh, taking this GoPro around town. We're going to be going to the tournaments and actually recording uh, top finals. So we got a lot in the works. And a little more house housekeeping. More housekeeping. Everybody's got a little housekeeping. Evan, what you got? What's what's up? We just pulled. I'm picturing the us all wearing maid outfits. By the way, we are French That's, maid outfits. I'm actually yep. wearing one. You have a little feather duster too. Yeah. Yeah. You'll see next week on camera. Yeah. Uh, we have fun. <laughs> uh, we pulled the trigger on a little bit more Mockstars merch. Mockstars merch. We bought 300 more stickers. Yep. A hundred of them being foil. You guys ate up those stickers. Nice. Yeah. And it was all those comments. <laughs> yeah, it was all those comments. Free stickers for, for the boys, for everybody. Uh, and we pulled the trigger on custom play mats. So we'll keep you guys posted with those as they become available. Uh, we're just waiting on a little bit of like, just to see where the, where the quality is at with uh, the design we've chose. And uh, we're looking forward to getting that merch in and distributing it and getting you guys all set up with some mock stars podcast merch oh hell yeah yes because you know we're gonna be playing with it gotta get that fresh drip hell yeah oh my god so much merch thank you guys for listening to another episode of the mock stars podcast jordan already said everything about the stuff in the description below listen to how soothing my voice is so soothing much soothe we'll catch you guys next time good night peace bye-bye